What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. It was another wild two weekends in golf. Uh, you'll notice that you kind of missed us last week, and that was intentional. We took the week off, kind of took a breather with the Zurich. But let's go to two weeks ago. We had Jordan Spieth winning. Jack, let's talk about it. I think if if you look going into Sunday and had Jordan Spieth winning, you are a fortune teller because he was out of the money going into Sunday. I think that if you put like a dollar on him when he was going and making the turn on Sunday, you would have net like $380 profit. Like his odds were so crazy going to the back nine. He should not have won that. Congrats to him. I'd love to see him in the winner's circle. Definitely. I'm really happy for him. Great to see a swing coming back. Um, but it was just wild to see that. Just, I don't think a comeback is the right word, but the dispersion of scores from the leading guys. A competitive Jordan Spieth, I think, is good for golf. Now, it's not as good as like a competitive Tiger, obviously. Like, let's good not, as competitive let's not clarify. Tiger. Well, yes, let's clarify. There are a lot of things that are maybe better than competitive Jordan Spieth, but it, it's one of those things that really makes the game enjoyable with him is when he puts up a good contest, a lot of the other top competitors, it just makes it more exciting, brings more viewers in. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I think two weeks ago on the podcast, I said, I'm not betting Jordan Spieth because he can't putt. Turns out he didn't have to in order to win anyways. So yeah. if, if you bet on him, good job. Good for you. That was a, that was a ballsy play and it worked out <laughs> for you. No kidding. Congratulations. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice, mo nice money. So, all right, now we'll go to last week. It was the Zurich. Uh, we had Xander and Patrick Cantlay who won it from start wire to finish. To wire. It was that was an impressive 59 on Thursday. I mean, any 59, I don't care if it's a scramble, I don't care if it's alternate shot straight up. Anything that you have a five in front of your 18 hole score is just dang impressive. Who was it? The shot, I think it was Neesmith. Uh, they shot 60 on Thursday. Like he, they were the first group out on Thursday. They shot 60. And I, and I remember hearing the announcers being like, that's going to be a tough score to beat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some dangerous, there's some dangerous scores out there, which is the reason why we took the week off is because there's so many variables that come into play with more than one golfer, the formatting. It was just, a, it was really hard to bet and we couldn't come up with a definitive strategy. Um, on how we wanted to convey that to you guys so that's why we took the week off but we're back in full stride definitely we're ready to get back into it and it it should be a good one you ready to ready to swing down to mexico jack take a little yeah break, this hey? is super exciting there's not many times in our lifetime that we've been able to say that this is a first tournament there's yep. no one has played a pga tour event on this course before it's so cool there, there are some old tournaments, I think, that were played in it, but they were in different locations, kind of all over the place. But you're right. Yeah, there's never been a PGA-specific tournament here. All we really have to go on is comparable comparable courses that have been PGA tournaments in the past. And so yeah. it makes it really exciting. Um, just a few of the details. This is a longer course. It's 40 or 7,450 yards and it's a par 71. Now you're going to look at it. There's like five or six par fives, a couple par threes, and a lot of par fours, but they're playing those par fives as par fours. You have a 600-yard par five. It's it's really different. They're trying to take this resort-styled course and turn it into a PGA course. So it's going to make it a little bit more interesting, but the one thing to know is that 
the greens are not going to be as fast as they would be in a lot of the other places because it is resort style course. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be a great putter this week, honestly. So you see a lot of the guys that might really play well with their irons and drivers and whatnot struggle with the putter. This is the week where you really want to capitalize on that. And I know one guy in particular that I'm putting a lot of stake in that we'll get to later. Definitely. Uh, One thing, if you're looking for trends, um, you want to look for guys that have really good approach shots from 175 yards plus because of the distance, that's going to kind of be a big determination in terms of how people do. So if you're looking for themes and trends, you want to look for guys who have really good iron play, obviously. Um, A quick note, it looks like Kevin Chappell and Nick Hardy have both withdrawn from the tournament this week. So take them out of your lineups. Uh, Kevin Chappell's been dealing with some back problems and then Nick Hardy, they didn't, really give a yeah no really answer anything on so i would just move those guys out and i don't know who replaced them but i'm it'll probably be <laughs> it'll probably be somebody down there that i wouldn't get to it's probably going to be someone from possibly the monday qualifier or i know for a lot of tournaments they do have alternates that show up um so it is possible that it either is the monday qualifier or an alternate or they just kind of scrap it i don't necessarily know um I know with majors, they have alternates because people would fly out overnight on Wednesday to go ahead and get there for their tea time on Thursday. So it's definitely something not like there's a ton of guys that probably are fighting for that alternate spot that would make your lineup. If they need to, Jack, they got to call you, send you down to Mexico. I'm down. (laughs) Play some golf for some money. Who cares? Free hotel, free resort golf. Exactly. All right. Are you ready to get into it? I am. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. We're going to start on this 10K range. Okay, John gonna... Rom, I'm not even going to let you finish. Come on. What, what are we doing here? This is, this, is, this is stupid. What's John Rom's one weakness been this entire year that we've talked about? Uh, well, short game and... Short game, putting. Yeah, what, yeah. You're playing a long style course. What's yep. he best at? Drivers, woods, and long irons. What's he struggled at? Putter and chipping. Yep. What is something that we talked about right off the bat on the course that's not really important? <laughs> Potter and chipping. You yes. can get proximity in the hole. John Rahm, I don't care if he's $14,500 in DraftKings. Put him in your stupid lineup. That's what it's so – you see all these names up here. Tony Finau. I love Tony Finau. Probably one of my favorite golfers. He should not be within $5,000 of John Rahm at this tournament. And I'm going to look stupid when John Rahm misses the cut probably, but I put everything on John Rahm this week. So, so I agree. I have John Rahm as well. Let me just, let me just throw some things out there. I think that Abraham Mansour is going to have a lot of pressure on him this week because, well, I think he's going to have a lot of pressure on him this week because he's from Mexico. This is a home like country tournament for him. So I do think there's a little extra notice on that. Uh, I think Tony Finau is an interesting pick, but again, I'm just going to go up to John Rahm if I, instead of Tony Finau. And then Kevin Na has kind of been hit or miss depending on form. Don't really have any interest. And Patrick Reed at 10K is potentially the most mispriced or overpriced guy, in my opinion, in this whole field. I am really, not, I am not a Patrick Reed guy at all this week. I don't care that it's a weak field. I cannot believe he's the fifth most expensive golfer in this field it makes no sense well listen you have to realize that uh brandon todd should also not cost 9300 everything is elevated for the tournament i kind of like patrick reed this week i i agree i understand that things are elevated because it's not 
no offense to any of the golfers. It is not the strongest of fields we've ever had. But I think that Patrick Reed being more expensive than Chris Kirk, I mean, he should be about the same price as Brandon Todd and Cam Champ, in my opinion. And yeah, I think I mean that's I think up for Russell debate Knox for sure. Is, is is questionable down there too. I think Streelman could be better than all of them in terms of price, and he's ninety one hundred. Yeah, there's a lot of guys down there. I think they could be better than Patrick Reed, and they cost a thousand dollars less. Yeah, I think John Rahm is the clear choice here. I think that definitely it's not really a debate. I know we like to say that everyone in this kind of range is there. You can make an argument for everyone. John Rahm is probably the standalone in any event we've talked about. Should be in your lineup sacrifice it take it even though we always say don't tony finau if he gets the driver hot that's been his one struggle because he's trying to i know he cut down his driver so he's bending a little over more in the masters it really showed his his spray he gets that under control that dude is a stud abraham answer alert are we going to talk about him that's my guy right there you he does have pressure on him i'm not saying that he doesn't but at ten thousand three hundred, i'm you could definitely throw that number it in terms of cost of him on a lot of other tournaments this year it's not unfairly priced at all for him you know it's obviously there's an elevated price in relation to the tournament but 10,300 for a guy that's performing really well this year is not unreasonable so I I think there's there's two options at this range you either go John Rahm and you figure out the rest of it which is what I'm honestly probably going to do. Yeah, I did that too. <laughs> or, or I might skip this entire range and do a couple of nine K guy range, a couple of guys in the nine K range, and have a little bit more of a balanced build because that way I don't have to go down as far and kind of dig into the the bottom of the pricing to try and find a a needle in a haystack. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Now here's the thing that I always struggle with when I make lineups like this: is top of the leaderboard bonus points on fantasy are so attractive and so important. If you get a guy in first, you're talking, you know, depending on what style you play in golf, you might get 25 extra points alone just from that, which really pays off. If you, you get two guys in the leaderboard, you're looking at 35, 40 points, depending on, you know, the, the spread of that. So if you can get John Rahm, who's averaging, I believe, 81, 82 points in fantasy golf this year, and add 25 points just for being on top of the leaderboard. That's nuts. Definitely. It's a hundred points right there. All right. I think we've stroked uh, John Rom's ego enough on this, on this 10 K range. It's pretty clear. We both like him. So yeah. you ready to go into the nine K range. Okay. When I look at his stats, he's not deserving to be at $9,900 this year, but Gary Woodland's really capturing my attention the way he's kind of barreling up to this week. It's a snowball effect. Weaker field again, weaker is obviously relative. Everybody in the PGA tour has the ability to win the masters. It's just the fact they're all so good. Um, But Gary Woodland, you really look at him when he won the U S open, his proximity to the hole was stupid. Good. If he gets, you know, that iron game in play, he is dangerous. Yeah, definitely. I, I am also a big Gary Woodland guy this week. I think he's going to do good. I think he's going to do good, and I think he actually fits the course pretty well. So I think he's a safe option. I like a couple of guys underneath. I like Chris Kirk, and I like Aaron Wise. They're always they're always pretty solid. What? Who 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 are you? Listen, you always rip me for this guy. Cameron Champ is going to do well this week, and I will say that 
you take a look at the guy, like you talked about, resort style course with a bunch of par fives that are now playing as par fours, longer style course. If Cameron Champ gets the driver down just to the point where we know he can, he doesn't have to swing hard to have distance. You're talking about on a course that's so important about irons, instead of having, you know, 185, like you said, for your iron shot, might have 165. That's a pitching wedge to a seven iron or whatever the case, you know, eight iron, whatnot for a lot of pros. And that's the distance and or the difference in, you know, three and four shots at the end of the day. This is the one week I will agree with you on Cameron Champ. If he's going to succeed anywhere, it's going to be on a long course because he is such a long ball hitter. It makes sense. There is still a little bit of guaranteed risk in taking mm-hmm. Cameron Champ. I mean, in terms of guys in this range, I would say he's probably the riskiest choice in my well maybe brandon todd but i think i think cameron champ is probably one of the top two most either flux guys yeah boomer bust guys in my opinion just based on how he plays again if the driver connects i mean he could be a top 10 guy no problem yeah i think i know he's not in this tournament but I would have loved to see Matt Wolf in this tournament. I think this has been a really good tune-up for him, really struggling with a lot of areas in his game. I think this would have been a great tournament for him to show up in and really take advantage of that. But obviously Cameron Champ, much like that boomer bust method, here it comes. And I have one guy I like at the bottom of this range. I am a big Matt Jones guy this week. Matt Jones is – all right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little stat here. Yeah, please if, do, because I uh, I wish you guys could see the face I just gave him right now. So if we filter strokes gained on courses that are over 7,400 yards, which is <clears throat> this course, uh, Jones ranks fourth in the past 24 rounds and sixth in birdies better or in birdies or better gained. So he has he has a top 15 finish and a top five finish in this event. Obviously, they weren't PGA Tour events at the time, but He's also very good at Corrales, which is what I would consider the most comparable course to this week. So he finished 14th, 18th, and 28th there his last three times there. It's it's not it's not crazy, but I love Matt Jones this week because I just think he's good at that price point. I will be expecting a bet to come your way from Matt Jones if you know the confidence is in the jeans there. Yes, probably you will probably hear about that later. And a boy, yeah, I like. I think a lot of the guys in the nine k range, I don't think are as drastic as the Cameron Champ in terms of the boom and the bust. Yep. But I feel like there's a lot of guys here that you see their names and they should perform to the level of top ten, twenty, thirty, whatnot. I feel like some of them won't, and I just don't have a hundred percent confidence in going Aaron Wise top twenty this week or Aaron Wise is going to go off this week. I really like Aaron Wise. I think he's going to have a great week. Yep. I just don't have 100% confidence in really any of the guys in the range um, to really step up and capitalize, except for Mary Gary Woodland. I yeah, I agree. I agree. It's gonna it's gonna be a very interesting grouping. We're gonna have a have a, have a bunch of guys that are gonna play solid and a couple guys that are gonna completely deteriorate and fall apart down the leaderboards. We'll see what happens. So, if you yeah. ready for the 8K range? We got to talk about our boy, the Game Reaper. Jim Reaper. I like, I like him this week. He's a really consistent guy. I wouldn't say that I'm as high on him as I have been in previous weeks at 8,900 for a guy that's, he's again, really solid and consistent, 
but I don't think he's played a lot of courses that are comparable to this. A lot of the courses that he played are more definitely American laid out, non-resort style courses, except for maybe Bay Hill. Um, I like him this week a ton, but at this price point, I would honestly, as hard as it is to say, I might bypass him. Yeah, I, I think I'm in the same boat. Love Game Reaper. He's obviously great, but I think the 8,900 price is, is, is just too rich for my blood. I can't, I can't get up to it. Just doesn't make sense. And if you take him as he would have to be probably your third or third, fourth yeah. golfer. I mean, it's just, it's tough to, it's tough to do because he, he's so, he's going to fluctuate up and down that board so much. I would yeah. honestly prefer, to Gala. Heath, to Ga- I was yeah, just yeah, right under exactly. him as 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 a preference for my golfer in that in that range. I know obviously Sahith hasn't had since the waste management the the season he's wanted to. Obviously third and then two missed cuts and his three events after that. I think he's just tracking, you know, he's just figuring everything out. PGA Tour life is so much different than anyone could ever imagine once you're thrown into the spotlight. And I think this is a really good course for him to tune up his game. And at the price point that he's at, it's not really any different than what it's been for any other tournament. So this is a really good price point for him. I like him a lot this week. And I also really like Aaron Rye. That dude has been unreal lately. Um, I, Well, lately is in the last week, but because I think he missed two out of his last three starts. But um, I, two glove head cover Aaron Rye is one of the weirdest, weirdest things to watch because it's so opposite of what we grew up in the game of golf and he's batting or he's, excuse me, he's uh, playing well and I would anticipate him to really go out for this price point um, and just kind of take advantage of it. Yeah. I uh, see. So that, those are the two guys I like in this group Tagala and Rye. I mean, Mark Hubbard's an interesting option. He's kind of a safe bet, but in this bottom portion of the 8k range, it kind of scares me. I think there's a lot of big boom bus guys so it, it it scares me once I get to that range to to really trust more of those guys. But it looks I, like you have some fans in this yeah, range. Yeah, well, listen, one of my favorite golfers of all time, Charles Hall III, he really likes the Jack Nicholas courses. You ever notice that? You ever follow along? You follow his track? He really likes the layout of these courses. 8,400 for a guy that's 7-11 on cuts. The only ones he's missed, Waste Management, Honda Classic, and RBC Heritage. Not really courses that I would say are comparable with this one. Definitely. You talk about his really good starts. Valero, Texas. Texas is more, obviously, all the courses are going to be different, but I would I would say Texas has a lot of similar grass characteristics um, compared to, you know, the Mexican tour, the Mexican courses or whatnot. And I really think he stands out this week and maybe Lanto Griffin as well. Okay. I mean, I, I, again, those are guys I think that, that, that could do well and should do well, but I've, yeah, I've seen we'll them struggle. See. So it's just going to be, it's, it's, it's one of those where you got to take a chance on them. And I don't know if I'd rather do those guys or if I would just go rather rub to Ryan Tagala, but to Ryan Tagala? R- Rye and Tagala. Oh, 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 oh. I was like, I was like, how do you confuse Sahith and Ryan? <laughs> oh, no, no. It's a hard, it's a hard one to mistake. So, mm. all right, are you ready to go into the seven K range? I am. You know who I, I don't know why. I cannot tell you why, but his name stands out to me. I oh. know he's on the corn ferry tour right now. Rafa Cabrera Bayo. Really? 
I don't know why. Maybe it's just because he's played in Corrales, Puerto Rico, a couple Abu Dhabi courses, but he's a long hitter. I, his name stands out for me, and I literally can't tell you why. But you know me, if I get these inklings, bet him two weeks later. <laughs> yeah, good. Give him two weeks, and then you got Cabrera. So he'll definitely be a good bet then. I'll write that down. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, otherwise, you know, maybe Adam Svensson, the Canadian. I really like him. Um, not a ton of guys. Maybe Kitayama. Maybe a really good event for him to really showcase his skills. Svensson does tend to do better on the American ones. I was looking into him a little bit because obviously whenever I see Svensson in the field, I have to do my research because I seem to always put him in my FanDuel or DraftKings lineups. Um, he hasn't done too great in terms of Corrales and some of the comparable courses in this. But again, he's he's at what, 7,300? So there are a lot of worse bets and choices on that one. I don't hate Otter Von Lahiri this week. I like him too. I, I just think with a longer style course, it's definitely hard to consider the more consistent players, which is why Charles Howell third is a really difficult choice for me, but I yeah. totally get where you're coming from. The other guy who, which is funny because he's the absolute definition of not a long ball hitter, Pat Perez. Yeah. I know you hate Pat Perez. I know you hate I don't hate Pat Perez at all. Well, you shook your head as if he was the worst choice I could have potentially ever made for this. Just the name that I was not expecting of all things was Pat Perez, and you threw him out there like it was a <laughs> Sunday morning newspaper, and you're throwing it down the aisle. I, I, he's, he's in such a good position in terms of pricing, in my opinion, because when I look at this range, you have a few guys I think that are well-known and play a lot of PGA tour events in this mid seven K range. But once you get below this range, I mean, you'll get guys that I, I find all over corn fairy tours, or they may be only playing every few tournaments. I mean, you have Bramlett at 7,100. He's in there occasionally. John Huh at seven. Now, are you saying are you saying Pat Perez because you love him as a character and not necessarily a golfer and you recognize him at this price point? Or are you saying Pat Perez because you really feel he fills something in your lineup? I think he's a safe option that will not completely give me a dud at this range. And I'm a little worried because I'm doing and I guess this is more maybe for my lineups. I'm doing some riskier choices in some of my other places. You can so, afford to this week. Yeah. So if you're looking for somebody that's maybe a little bit more of a safety valve that might not finish top 20, but won't, you know, is less likely to miss the cut than a lot of other people. I think Pat Perez is a very viable option. Does that's that make fair. more sense? Okay. I, maybe, maybe, we'll it's come back to it. maybe it's a little strong going into it saying Pat Perez is going to be like the second coming here, but I think that he's just going to be a very safe floor so he's a he's a high floor, low ceiling guy. I respect it. So, all right, who's who's your next guy in this range? Anybody else stick out to you? Not necessarily stick out. Um, I think Danny Lee has a really good chance to kind of go here. Okay. Um, I like his game a lot. I followed him for the longest time. Grayson Sig is another guy that's you know made a ton of cuts recently. Everything's been kind of progressing since the Arnold Palmer. Um, I would have loved to pick Kevin Chapel. Obviously, he had to unfortunately withdraw. Maybe Wyndham Clark is a really good guy. His last three starts 22, 71, 35. 
if you're looking really this far, that's another good guy. Um, but maybe Scott Stallings, the fullback. Dude's built like a truck. That dude is strong. Um, so I know he hasn't had the best of years, but you never know at a price range like this. Boom and bust isn't necessarily the the strength of the, you know, the phrase that it would be for a Cameron champ who's costing you nine to ten thousand dollars. But if one of these guys can get in your lineup and boom, that's taking your lineup from doubling your money to quadrupling your money. Definitely. Uh do, do you have a thought on uh on Brian Stewart or no? Not necessarily. I haven't necessarily followed his game or continued on his path long enough. I know he's like minus I was it the Valero where he missed the cut. I know he's he really missed the cut at the Valero. Yep. Really progressing well. Obviously, um one of the guys like that, you really take a look at the courses and the tournaments he's played and the scores he's had. I know at Corrales, top 20, top 15, one of those, I can, I can remember tied, watching tied his seven, name. Tied seven. There it is. So comparable courses like that um, are really good, but I just do not have not watched enough of his game to give a, a really good, you know, structure. So I only ask because I'm extremely torn on him because I, I, I think I like him more than Pat Perez at, at, at this current price. And at the Puerto Rico Open, he was tied 22nd. That's a comparable course. At Corrales, as you said, he was top 15th. He was tied 7th. And then he's he's been playing decent in terms of kind of progressing where he's been making cuts. Again, not perfect, but, I mean, Valspar, he was tied 16th. He made the cut at the uh, RBC Heritage. Didn't finish great, but at least made the cut. So I think yeah. in terms of options, he could definitely be a viable one. My only concern is he's potentially the shortest driver off the tee on the entire PGA tour. Oh, geez. That, so that kind of scares me in terms of the distance. Yeah. So we'll see on that one. All right. Are you ready to get into the 6K range? Yes, I am, because I hate to say I like a lot of guys. I mean, like a lot of guys. Okay, I'm all ears because I do right. not like a lot of guys. Number one, Kira Dechi are for the barn rut. Dude, this dude was... A- this dude got in trouble because he was smoking a vape on the Augusta National Driving Range. This guy's a legend. <laughs> if minus the Honda Classic, his Corrales 44, Valspar 39, Puerto Rico 28. If you're coming down here to 6,900 and you got, got last three starts, you make the cut in pretty good size events. You take him. St. Bill's that. He's one of the best iron strikers of all time. I'll have to send you a picture after this, a picture of his eight iron with the same exact wear mark. It is stupid. Um, another guy down here that I really like, Vince Whaley. Okay. I was going to mention him, so go in. Valero, top 30. Corrales, top 30. He's high. He's carrying momentum at this price range. Do it. Now, here's where it gets fun. Here is where it gets fun. Wesley, Brian. Okay, you're going back to the well. I'm going back to the well. He sucked at the RBC when I picked him last time, but he's so good. Like you see the tournaments that he plays and gets competition. And I don't judge him in American express. You can't yep. Yep. It's too big of a field waste management, too big of a field Honda classic, too big of a field Valspar. The next one's a really big field 62nd, but you take RBC big field. You take a look at the lower events, 15th, 27th. A lot of these tournaments where he's really sneaking in there. 
And again, if you're fighting at this price point, it's a really good option. So I only ask, is this too big of a field for him? I, no. I agree. I think Wesley Bryan is a very viable option at this point. Uh, but I'm a little worried that that it might be it might be too much for him. I actually like two other guys right around that range. All right, I was gonna say if you say Satoshi Kodaira, you're taking my next guy. Uh I do like him, but I like him as a bet choice this week, not mm. as a uh, not as a as a FanDuel or DraftKings guy. Understood. Well, go ahead and proceed. All right. So f- first guy, Ben Griffin. Go on. So so he's a sponsor's exemption in the field this week. He's had four top tens on the Corn Ferry Tour so far this season. So I think he's actually finished runner up on two of those. And he's listen to this. He started the year the 1800th best golfer and he's now in the top like 350 wow 6600 a lot of worse options the other guy i think is very interesting patrick flavin he's made monday qualifiers four times so far this year yeah i think he's made the cut in all of them right am i exactly he's made the cut in all four of those monday qualifiers that he's qualified for which is ridiculous so again he's in the field he's a viable option he's 6500 do you want to talk about your go your guy uh sakoshi kodaira yeah i mean he's he's so good and i just feel like Obviously, he's so young. You're thrown to the wolves on a lot of these tournaments. Definitely. At this price, again, if you're fighting in this price point, number one, you've picked John Rahm as your number one. So <laughs> yes. you got to kind of balance it down down here. There's some really good options down here. You take a look at a guy like Sang Moon Bay. Three, four years ago, this dude was in the eight and $9,000 price range. And now he's down here at 6K even. Um, uh, there's guys on here. And a lot of these guys that, are from Mexico or the Mexico area um, really have not necessarily home court advantage, but there's a lot of times that a lot of players in this area know these events are coming up and really take advantage of the practice rounds or getting out here, getting used to the conditions and have the ability to study the course a little more than guys that are just making this a stop on their tour route. So there's some options out here. If you really take a look, Um, I think Carlos Ortiz is, brother or cousin is in this i think i read something like that and he won a tournament here if i'm not mistaken i think it was either corn ferry or a local qualifier but he won something at this course i think i read uh i want to i want to alvaro alvon yeah alvaro ortiz uh he's 6300 on on DraftKings. yes yeah i swear i read something about him um winning at this event i i don't want to say for certain but i i i I just keep what what i'm curious about is i wanted to i was actually so i saw his name on the field i was curious if they were going to do a FanDuel or DraftKings bet where it was like plus ten thousand to have him beat his his brother's cousin or whichever one it was (laughs) and i i might have thrown 10 cents on that if that was an option just just for the kicks Dude, if somebody uh, offers you ten thousand to one, you throw it down. Whatever the whatever the odds are. Yes, but I saw that and I was like, that would have been a really cool bet to do. But they didn't. They didn't offer it on that one. So, yeah. speaking of, are you ready for bets? Oh come on, am I ready for bets? You know I am. So just to keep in touch with our bets, Liam is officially scratch even on 
up and down. He is $0 profit, $0 lost. I am up nine and a half units. Liam, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, well, hey, you know what? I'm back to even. It's going to happen that way. And and not every win is going to be a big win. But at least now I know that I've broken broken even. can only go <laughs> up from here. So before we do that, though, I almost forgot. We got to do lineups first. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. I was trying to do too much too fast. You know what? For the first time in this podcast history, I might tweak my lineup between now and tomorrow night. Guys, I'm changing him. It's a it's a work in progress. We're getting we're getting Jack to change now. All right, yeah. talk to me. What do we got? So DraftKings, I want top heavy. Like I'm talking top top heavy. Okay. John Rom. Yep. Eleven three. Don't make me make the alert. I'm not feeling too hot right now. Abraham answer. Ten thousand three hundred. Right off the rip. Two guys right there that cost a lot more than I want to pay, but they give a really good shot. Mark Hubbard. Three top tens, ten for thirteen in cuts at eight thousand. I think it's a really good safe call. Adam Svensson, I saw him in here. I looked at him. Seventy three hundred for Adam Svensson is a really good price for him. Really fills out the lineup. Satoshi Kodaira at sixty five hundred. Like I talked about, I think it's a good week for him. And then I went with the Wesley Bryan train, sixty six hundred. I got zero dollars remaining. I really fought for this one, and I hope it pays off. You, you and I again. We, we always do completely different lineup constructions. I feel like you go a top heavy, and then try and find some flyers, and then I try and do a little bit more of a balanced one. And on any yeah. given week, one of us is just absolutely crushes the other. But mm-hmm. I, I agree. Got to go, John Rom off the top. Have to. So we did John Rom at eleven three. Uh, I dropped down all the way to Matt Jones at nine k. Then I went Sahith Gala at 8-8. I went Brian Stewart at 7-3. I went Peter Uline at 7. After that pricing mistake last week, remember him or a couple weeks ago at 6K? That was crazy. Uh, well, in, yeah, in one in DraftKings, he was 6K, and then in FanDuel, he was at like, like 10 11. Yeah, yeah he was at a crazy. crazy high number. So I got Peter Uline at 7K, and then I'm going Ben Griffin at 6,600. Following the train. I'm following the train. We're going we're gonna to go with it. So what about FanDuel? What are you thinking? John Rob. Of course. <laughs> I don't care. He's $1,000 more almost in FanDuel, which is painful to admit. Mm-hmm. Cameron Champ at 10-4. I'm, I'm taking the heat here. I'm going all the way on Boomer Bust. He gets that driver flowing. It's dangerous out there. There you go. Sahith Tagala, 98. Lanto Grippa, 97. I know when you bet him, he finished dead last in the tournament. I'm hoping that doesn't happen to me. Kira Dechi, Arfin Barnrat in nine. And then Grayson Sig at 8-7. Again, for the first time ever, my lineups will probably change by tomorrow. The fact that you can say Kiridechi's last name so fluidly and so smoothly, by the way, is ridiculously impressive. I'm not going to try it. As, as we all know, if you've listened to any of these podcasts, I can't say names properly to save my life, let alone no. my own name half the time. <laughs> so I'm not going to try Kiridechi's, but that is a very interesting lineup. Again, I'm, I think I'm always a little buzz uh, or a little buzz shy on potentially going back to Lanto because he, he hurt me so bad finishing dead last in that tournament. But if he does well, you had Sahith in there, big fan of his. Love Rom. Again, of Champ 
finds, you know, finds a fairway. He could be good off the tee. You got a lot of guys where it's either you're either going to finish in like the top 10% or you might the bottom 10% or the bottom. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's most likely going to come down to Cameron champ because I overspent for him. I know I overspent for him going into it. So it's just a matter of if he performed to the price point, which for me is if he finished top 30, that's the price point I'm going for. And I'd be happy with a top 30. Definitely. All right. So we are going to look at my, what's your FanDuel lineup? I was going to say, yeah, my FanDuel lineup. So I have a hundred dollars left over and I think I'm going to, I think I'm legitimately going to change my lineup right here on the spot. Mm. So I'm going to start at top John Rom shocker. This is going to be one of those public betting alerts where like 98% of people have John Rom in their lineup. Yes. Yes. I could see it. Um, I had Aaron Wise in there at 10-7, but I had $100 left over. I think I'm going to go up the other 100 to Chris Kirk at 10-8. You know Aaron Wise is finishing like third now. <laughs> don't, don't. I just, oh, I just changed it. Don't make me overthink it. No, I'm going Chris Kirk at 10-8. I'm going Russell Knox at 10-3. I'm going Matt Jones at 9-9. I'm going Brian Stewart at 8-9. And then I'm going Peter Uline at 8-K. Kind that's of, a risky lineup. That is a risky lineup. And it is I'm gonna I'm gonna be even riskier than you. I'm either gonna be some, top five yeah. percent or bottom five percent. You're gonna have some clenched cheeks there on that Sunday <laughs> or third Friday moving day. Absolutely. So we'll see. That one's gonna be a uh, a fun time. That's crazy. All right, let's finally get into the bets. I've been, I know I've been I teased you too much earlier, so let's do it. Yeah. What are you thinking? I only have one bet. That is in the minus um, category. I'll just start there. John Rum minus one fifty to go top ten. I typically really don't do top ten bets unless I have a free bet available. But I think this is as close to given as you can in terms of the field he's at. Um, so minus one fifty for John Rom top ten. I'm taking advantage. I have a ton of bets this week, so get ready, strap in. Oh boy. Uh, I have Cameron Champ at plus 125 for top 40. Top 40. If he does what he's supposed to do and you make your money, who cares what he finished 39th? I overspent for him, but I'll make some money back. Yeah. Sahith Tagala is plus 150 to get top 40. I really like those odds. The alert, Abraham Answer, plus 125 for top 20. Yeah, he has pressure on him, but there's no reason he shouldn't finish top 20 this week. Ready for this one? Patrick Reed is plus 115 to get top 40. If he does what he's supposed to do, that's just like the easiest money in the world. One more. Tony Finau is plus 110 for top 40. Tony Finau. That should be lock. And then I did a pretty good stretch. Gary Woodland at minus 110 for or excuse me plus 110 for top 30 okay uh you definitely have more uh more bets than i do of course which is which is pretty common at this point um jack is a little bit more you're a little more gun or a little less gun shy on betting um that's a little bit more of your expertise anyways so I'm I'm okay with knowing that I'm a little bit a little bit less heavy on the trigger on that one. I only had four bets. I do like those bets. The the John Rom bet honestly could easily be a fifth bet for me. I mean, yeah. I get 
throw him in top 40 at like minus 800 make make 10 cents on the dollar pretty much but eight dollars make a dollar <laughs> yeah i mean uh, if i really wanted to i could easily easily do that and i'm 99 sure that would hit but i don't have that one in yet right now i have uh sahitha gala top 40 plus 120 you can have a plus 120 i got him at plus 150 uh as of this afternoon when i threw the bet down he was plus 120 if he's plus 150 now i'm gonna be a little disappointed i checked between bet rivers DraftKings, and FanDuel to get my best odds i just went straight to DraftKings. i uh i didn't i didn't look too much into it uh patrick flavin top 40 plus 200 this is why you're scratch and i'm up nine and a half units (laughs) yeah but that one time that i hit jack I'm going to boost myself and you you're, you can sit there and make pennies on the dollar. But when we end up at the same price at the end of it all, nobody's going to know. Pennies on the dollar. <laughs> if we bet a hundred dollars a bet, I'm up $950 and you're up $0 and zero cents. Yeah. But I had more pennies fun on the dollar. I had more fun. Um, a lot more I stress have, in your life. I have Lonto over Mark Hubbard and Grayson Sig at plus one eighty. Uh, and then I have Nate Lashley, top 40, plus 175. <laughs> did you just like, did you drink a pint of Guinness before you did these bets? Like, you're all no, over. no, but I did the complete opposite of what I normally did because I can't seem to win any of these bets, anyways. I went so over five money, two weeks well ago, so I can't it. get any worse. Yeah, if you're gonna lose money, you might as well have fun with it and try to hit one that really balances out the other four losses. I I went over five two weeks ago, or three weeks ago. I cannot get any worse. Listen, throw John Rahman at top forty just so you can say you got a win under your belt. All right, sounds good. I'll throw I'll throw John Rahman. So plus plus or minus eight hundred. Yeah, minus eight hundred John Rahm. All throw right. it in. That's how you do it. There you go. Make it feel a little better. Yeah, let's just let's just cut the winners right now because I'm gonna take your pick, John Rum. I know everyone wants to pick him. I'm picking him. That's fine. I, you can take him. I actually wasn't. I wasn't gonna go with him this week. Again, so. I always go with the boring pick and always bites me in the rear. But this week, again, his weakness is putting and chipping, slower greens, resort style. You don't necessarily need to be the best with that. So. No, I agree. Um, I think he's the obvious choice. And I, I, in, in true actuality, he, if anybody's probably going to win, it's going to be him. Uh, I am trying to go a little bit of a deeper cut. I do think Gary Woodland's a viable option. He's not my pick. But if you don't want to take John Rahm, I think Gary Woodland's a really good choice. I'm going to go Chris Kirk. Yeah. Jack, you keep giving me bad looks. I'm, you're scaring me this week. This is not a deep field. I can't take all of the top guys each week. <laughs> There's no words right now for what you just said. If Chris Kirk comes back and wins this up, you know me. I'm a man of my word. If, if you pick anything, I'm a man of my word. I'll do some weird stuff. But there's no way Chris Kirk should be – John Rom, Tony Fino, Gary Woodland, Abraham Answer, Patrick Reed, Chris Kirk, mark my words, 26th. I'll write this down right now. That's fine. That's still t- that's the top 30 finish. I mean, you you were the same guy that took Victor Hovland like three, four weeks ago, and he missed the cut. I like, took Victor Hovland at the Masters. Oh, well, no, we both took Victor Hovland in that fan duel. 
and he missed the cut on us. But Victor Hovland to win was the Masters. Well, you took somebody to to win, and they missed the cut. Maybe it was Morikawa, but there was there's a lot of slack on my McIlroy. What? Might have been McElroy. Maybe it was. I know you picked a big, a big hitter as your winner for the week, and they missed the cut. And I think I took like Kisner and he finished like 30th. I all I know is that I'm up on winners right now. Yes, my bets suck. I can't win any money better. <laughs> if you're up on one thing, it's the pride. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm trying to I'm trying to do a different mindset because I I can't keep betting bad bets and just breaking even I'm okay trying to... well here's the funny thing is you have a winner that wasn't in your bets or any of your FanDuel or DraftKings lineups he's in my FanDuel lineup oh is he yeah no oh, because well yeah should you FanDuel. do him like a top 40 bet if you think he's gonna win he's probably at plus odds let me just check I have DraftKings open so I'll tell you what you said Chris Kirk yeah Chris Kirk I don't think what, he, he won the uh, RSM last year yes is that what he won um, yes, sir. Chris Kirk at top 40 is minus wow. 100. Oh, I was going to say, I'm scrolling down pretty good I, right now. I don't know what he is. Wow. Hold on. I'm scrolling down pretty good. <laughs> There's no way he's that far down. <laughs> Where the heck is Chris Kirk? You must, you must have skipped him. We can, I we must can, have missed him. Let me go back. Skip oh, through this. Minus 135. Yeah. There you go. Hey, I mean, if you think Chris Kirk's going to win $1 to win 35 bucks profit, Wait, that's that's oh, what is he? He's oh, plus he's... 3,500, so one dollar to win 35 profit, 36 total. There you go. You know, what we didn't talk about interestingly enough, Cameron Tringali, he's the third highest or third best odds in the entire tournament. I, I just feel like he's a lot, he's gonna be overpassed this week. I don't know why. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm one of those guys that'll probably overlook him. He's just not enticing for me for whatever reason yeah i agree i mean if it was maverick mcneely you know i'd be all over it but i don't know i can't say it uh with certainty it's got to just just have switch his name from tringali to like anybody else in the world and i'll be more interested i don't know why with tringali i just can't get there make his name joel Dahman. i'll bet him in 10 seconds <laughs> but <laughs> he's that's funny. Uh, all right. So what I'll do is, is all right, let me, let me update my bets. Cause there's been a lot that's been going on here in the last couple of minutes. I had four bets. Jack laughed at my four bets. It's been a mess. My, I now have six bets and a winner that Jack dislikes. Uh, John Rom top 40 at minus 800. <laughs> Chris Kirk at top 40, which is minus 135. Sahith Thagala, top 40, at plus 120. Nate Lashley, top 40, at plus 175. Patrick Flavin, top 40, plus 200. And then Lonto Griffin over Mark Hubbard and Grayson Sig at plus 180. And then your winner is John Rahm. I'm not taking John Rahm, even though I otherwise would, and I did Chris Kirk. It's funny enough, there's a um, – you could look at – What's the three ball matchup is between Tony Finau, Abraham Answer, and Chris Kirk. Chris Kirk's plus 190. Um, what I think is really interesting, though, is that three ball with Kevin Na, Gary Woodland, and Sebastian Munoz. Because if you look at just the tournament lines, Sebastian Munoz is the same odds as Abraham Answer and Kevin Na. Yep. So I think it's interesting that they're that spread apart. Um, but who knows? It's 
I don't really like the three ball because it's not necessarily a direct matchup where you can compare. It's just depending on the day. Yeah, it makes it a little tougher. But I, I think Lonto is somebody that you and I both, or you just specifically talked about earlier, but over Mark Hubbard and Grayson Sig, it's a chance. I'll tell yeah. You. Hey, <laughs> scared money don't make money. Exactly. All right. We're going to call it there for, for today. Uh, hopefully Jack doesn't laugh at too many more of my bets or my picks. But let's go out there and win a bunch of money. As always, please follow us on social media at Turndogs Golf Pod. That'll be the best way to get updated matchups. Evidently, I'm turning Jack now. So now Jack is going to start, you know, changing changing his FanDuel and his DraftKings lineups. That, you know, I'm never done it before. I'm not a tinker. I'm corrupting him. It's great. But as always, please follow us on social media. You'll get the most up-to-date versions of all that, as well as you can communicate with Jack. Tell him, you know, picks you'd like and dislike, things you like or dislike about the podcast, things you potentially want us to change, people you think are going to win this week, all of it. Jack's always around. He loves going on social media and talking to you guys. But as always, have a good one. Go out there and let's win a bunch of money this week. Let's do it. Do it.